Welcome. It's a good day to be together, a good day to uh, worship and uh, worship our God. I am Pastor Rafe Vigil, and it's, I'm very happy to share and worship with you this day. Uh, we come to you from, uh, what is this? this is New Horizon in sunny South Florida, right? Don't we love living in South Florida? It's a beautiful place, and it's a beautiful day to uh, share together. I pray that this has been a good week for you and that this uh, today is the worship time that uh, sends us into another week of serving our God as we uh, share together. But let us turn our hearts towards God and let us lift up our songs and our words of praise and prayer today as we come before God and, uh, and claim him as our King and Lord this day. In Jesus' name, let's go. <laughs> go team. <laughs> I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's a good place to be in the presence of God. Is that amen? Again, all around, all around, 
I'm always happy to be around God's people. I'm always happy to sing about the things of God because He's done so much for me. When I look back on my life and I think about the things that God has done for me, I can only say this is the King of all kings and this is the King of glory. Is that amen? Yes, the world bow down and say you are God. Every man will bow down and say you are king. So let's start right now. Why we want to be with you. Sing with me. Yes, the world. Bow down and say you are. Every man. Bow down and say you are. So let's start. So let's start right now. Why
give you a word of, of heads up as we talk about our, our pegs, our, our pray, engage, give, and serve, the, the, where we stake our faith and how we live out our faith. Uh, give you a word of warning, February's almost over, okay? February's about done. And at the start of March is the start of our Lenten season, and it's time for us to kind of gear up. And what I want to encourage you to do is begin to plan now for ways that you will engage differently and transform your life patterns for that season of Lent and come to engage. We have all kinds of things that are coming up on the first week of, of March, a Ash Wednesday service, a, a ladies retreat, um, our Sunday morning uh, service on the first Sunday of March will be a unified communion, uh, community kind of service um, at 10 o'clock on that day. Um, we also have a lot of studies that will be uh, uh, starting up and going. So now this week would be the time to make your plans and to engage in registering for those classes or the retreat day that you want to be a part of and to, to do that um, and to gear up and to be prepared to change our life patterns for Lent. So many times uh, Lent becomes just like this time of I'm going to deny myself chocolates or something, you know, for a season. But really it's about a season to engage differently in our spiritual lives and to pray, engage, and give, and serve in, a, in another way, in a different way that highlights it and heightens it and encourages us. So I want to encourage you to begin to be in, in prayer and preparation for how um, your life and patterns will transform for the Lenten season to deepen your relationship with God as we finish February and come into March. Just figure out that Lent starts in March, you know, and we'll, we'll go from there as we continue to work towards... Um, that wonderful Holy Week and uh, high season of, of Easter. Let us turn our hearts now towards prayer, and Pastor Peyton's going to come and pray with us. Good morning. Let's bow our heads. Lord of the universe, we awaken in our time to a universe which is holy, to creation which is not an event in the past, but a living event of the present. We enter a new mode of human presence where we are not merely observers, but where we each are a participant in this moment of evolution. Like all other creatures, we carry with us wisdom and values, the dynamics of the universe, but unlike others, we must choose whether and how we will live in harmony within the sacred web of creation. May we open to a source of all being our God within and among us. We have the capacity to wonder and to celebrate the great mystery of existence within such a magnificent universe. In us, the universe enters into a great celebration of itself. We are part of the dance, the great work, the great liturgy which the universe is unfolding. Glory to you, O God, source of all being. This great liturgy finds expression at the moment in us, gathered here in a posture of prayer and openness with listening hearts, loving spirits, and holy wonder. May the sacred web that unites us with each other, our God and all creation, ignite communities of light and hope throughout the earth. May we be open to a source of all being, our God within and among us. O oh, gracious and gentle spirit of love, your energy permeates the universe and ignites earth with your goodness, truth, and beauty. Open our minds and our hearts to a deeper awareness of your 
interconnectedness with you and with each other and all creation. May we experience your unique presence within this sacred web of creation. Father God, together we join in the prayer of our hearts that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let it be, Lord, and amen. Would you stand with us as we sing again? comes from uh, Luke uh, chapter um, uh, 6, um, verses 27 through 38. And um, this is part of, in fact, it's right kind of in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, 
where Jesus is giving all of these uh, teachings in Luke 5, 6, and 7. And it's really kind of extravagant kind of teaching. It's kind of like this ideal that's out there. Jesus kind of laying out there all these teachings, and they really seem kind of impractical, as some of these from, from Luke uh, 6 uh, share with us. But I say to you who are, who are willing to hear, if you're willing to hear this, love your enemies. Right? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other one as well. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your, your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks and don't demand your things back from those who take them. Treat people in the same way that, they, that you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, why should you be commended? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, why should you be commended? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, why should you be commended? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be paid back in full. Instead, love your enemies. Do good. And lend expecting nothing in return. If you do, you will have a great reward. You will be acting in the way children of the Most High act. For He is kind to ungrateful and wicked people. Be compassionate. Just as your Father is compassionate. Don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good portion, packed down, firmly shaken and overflowing, will fall into your lap. The portion you give will determine the portion you receive in return. Amen and amen. Most gracious God, you are generous and you are loving even towards us when we act in ways that are opposed to you. you. You love us, even in our brokenness. Lord, help us to find the practices of life that help us to be more like you. Amen. Amen. We love our lists, don't we? How many in here, you know, like to make lists? You know, you like to make your list. You know, you write your list down. You got to have all those things, you know, that you have to do or that you have to get, and you check them off. And uh, oh, it feels so good to check things off your list, right? It feels so good. We love our list. You know, we make our our grocery list. We write down all the things that we need to get, and we. We go to the store, and you're wandering around the store, and you pick something up, and you check it off the list, and you pick the next thing up, and you check it off the list, and then you're just hoping that the store has everything that you're looking for, uh, because if you walk out of there, and there's one or two things that you haven't gotten, it's like, ah, oh, I'm going to have to go to another store, but then if you do get everything checked off, woohoo, you win, right? <laughs> you win if you get everything checked off your list. 
and our to-do lists are the same way. You know, we, we love our to-do list. You know, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. And whether you make a daily list or a weekly list, you know, you're always wanting, do I get this done? Did I take care of this? Oh, and I plan to do this. In fact, tech people knew well that we love our list, and they built list-making devices into all programs and technologies. You know, our calendars, they're not just calendars. They have to-do lists built into them, you know, so that we can easily put it in there and little buttons for us to hit when we check off the to-do list. You know, we check something off, and it puts a nice little red line through it or a little check beside it, you know, and we've done it, and we get down our list, and we go down everything, and we've got everything done, and at the end, we win, you know, because you've checked everything off. Wouldn't it be just awesome if that's the way Christianity was? Of following Christ was just a checklist. A checklist. Christianity following Christ is not a checklist. It's not that list like, well, I delivered some food today to nourishing lives. I know the cereal was about to go out of date, but they'll eat it pretty quickly. Check. You know, I did that today. And uh, I, I didn't murder the guy that cut me off in traffic and made me screech on my brakes and stop. So no killing anybody today, check, okay? I, I, I did that, all right? So um, I did a very nice thing for my spouse. I did a very, it was very inconvenient. It was very hard, it was very inconvenient, but I did a nice thing for myself. So I did a nice, I did my good deed, check, okay? I was coming off the highway. There was a guy standing there with a sign, you know, that needed something. I gave him a bottle of water and all the change in my cup holder, all right? check. I made a donation today, you know, gave a little bit, check, you know. I, I did that. Um, I, uh, I said a prayer, you know, I, I was saying a prayer, oh, oh Lord, please let me finish my grocery list today, and I did, and God answered my prayer, you know. I read the Bible today. It was on a sign in a store. It said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, and I know that scripture, so check. I read the Bible today, you know, um, I, uh, I was, left a nice tip for the server, you know, check. And now let me go down the big ten, right, the big ten. You shall have no other gods before you. Of course I don't have any other gods before me. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Of course I remember the Sabbath day. I turned on the YouTube and listened to the worship service while I folded my laundry, you know. Check. I did that. You know, honor your father and mother. Ooh, better remember to call my parents today. Better remember to do that. Um, let's see. No lying, didn't do that. Uh, don't uh, covet anything your neighbor has. No, I don't covet what they have. They, they want what I got, you know. Uh, you, know you know, no lying, no cheating, no stealing. Didn't do any of those things. Check, 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 check. I win, right? I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. I checked everything off the list. I followed the rules as best as I can. And when I can't follow the rules, God is forgiving, right? God is very forgiving. And so I was nice. I was friendly. And that is what Christianity is. I win. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid that Christianity should be about anything as unreasonable as love your enemies. You know? And pray for those who hurt you. And do good to those who are actively your enemies. Because here's the thing. We know what that is. 
to have that dividing line between us and them, right? We know what an enemy is. We know what an opposition is. And heaven forbid that the Christianity is more than a checklist that is actually about this character of loving people on the other side of the lines that we draw in our lives and the lines that our culture draws for us. We live in a divisive world, don't we? We live in a very divisive world. We divide around politics. We divide around race. We divide around how we deal with race relations. We divide around, particularly here in South Florida, around language and, and who speaks what language. We divide around our socioeconomics. You don't want to go into this neighborhood. You don't want to go into that neighborhood. You know, those kinds of things. We make divisions about that. We make divisions about masks, whether to wear a mask, not to wear a mask. We make decisions. We were divided over vaccines, right? This is right. This is right. Da, da, da. We have all these divisions. And, you know, and I'm walking around our neighborhood, my neighborhood, and there are people that have banners and flags and signs in the yards that, that I have to say that are extremely offensive to me. They're offensive. And God wants me to love them. Because here's the thing, if I go into a public space, a park or a school, and I start talking about Jesus, people get offended and I get pushed away. You know, we, we live in this divisive thing, and, and Jesus has this unreasonable expectation that we're going to love those who are on the other side of the, of the line and love people who have hurt us, love them. Love people who have actively worked against us? We're just too different from that. This is a very unreasonable thing. How in the world do we do this? How? How, how, how? Practice. So years ago, I, I served a church that was in this area of Florida, um, a very unique area in Florida. You don't see this too often. Lots of people came down during the winter months who were retired, you know, we know all of Florida's like that. That's all of Florida. But I lived in this area that was just a, a magnet for people that uh, came down. And, uh, and the community, the church community, was, was mostly retirees. And, and the church would triple or even quadruple in size between Christmas and Easter during those, those winter months. So it really wasn't that big a church, but became fairly large during a few months out of the year. And... Um, people started treating me a little different than what I expected as a pastor. I was almost treated like the waiter who forgot to bring you your food, you know? It was like, you better do this and you better do that. And then I found out that there's all these rumors and phone calls and people in the community saying, you know what the church doesn't do? You know what the pastor didn't do? You know what they didn't do this? They didn't do that. They didn't do this. And, you know, and people were actively working against some of the ministries that we were putting into place. There were actually this division. And, of course, in the middle of that division was the one full-time staff person, the pastor. And so it was always the pastor's fault when something didn't happen the way they wanted it to go. And I'll never forget the first time that I went to see someone in the hospital who was facing surgery, and they looked at me with these surprised eyes, and they said, oh, all these people told me that you would never come because that's not what our church does. And 
I began to find out that all these people held all this ill feeling for the other work that was being done in the church. And of course, it was always the pastor's fault. And so all of the ridicule and the derision and the infighting and the rumors were always about the pastor. And one person at a time, I would show up when they needed surgery, when they were on their deathbed, and their family said, oh, we thought no one from the church would care. I did their funerals. I made their visits just one at a time. Some people came to my office crying, saying, oh, they told me this, and you were so nice, and asked for forgiveness. Others just went off into their mad huff. Some continued the battle. But I'll tell you the blessing I got. I learned to be patient. I learned to be tolerant. My capacity for love grew. It's amazing what happens when you practice just one act at a time of good deeds towards someone who speaks ill of you, who hurts you, who hurts your family. And what develops in your own heart is this character that reflects maybe a little bit more of the kingdom. Just practice a few, a one or two tangible actions. Pray for your enemies. Pray for those who would hurt you or who have hurt you. And you'll begin to see the animosity melt away. Bless those. In other words, bless people. In other words, do something good towards people who are not like you and maybe don't like you. Do something good for somebody that you would never hang out with. Do something good for them. This idealism of Jesus that he talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, this idealism, this stuff starts to become a reality when it's practiced just one little step at a time. Jesus is only asking us to take one action, the next one. The next action. Jesus teaches about an ideal and the kingdom of God. Heaven on earth as it is in heaven. Loving and caring for each other, that kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Loving your enemies, forgiving those who hurt you. This is an ideal. It's absolutely impossible. But Jesus says just take one action at a time. Act out of love. Bless someone. Bless someone. Do something that will actually increase and encourage their lives. Do something good. Be generous. Be generous. Give. Give to encourage others and, and give, your, give your money. Yes, not your, only your time, but give your time and your money and let it encourage and lift others up. Pray for those who hurt you. One act at a time. Love. Bless. Give. Pray. One action at a time. And it begins to build a character in us that overflows with the kingdom. Did you hear what Jesus said about what it builds a character in us? It's, it's like this marketplace measuring kind of thing. 
it'll be this blessing that's, that's packed down, shaken, overflowing. You know, when you're measuring something and you shake it a little bit and it gets down so you can get more in there and you get more in there and you get more in there. You know, the more you do it, the more blessing you get, the more your cup is full, the more your, your cup overflows. So I read this beautiful story this week about this a couple who were Javanese Christians. And they had moved into a new area of Jakara. And Jakara is an area of, um, of Indonesia. And uh, these, uh, this couple, these were Javanese Christians, which is quite a minority in this community. It was a, uh, the Indonesian major religion is different than Christianity. But this couple moved into this neighborhood, and they wanted to meet their neighbors. They wanted to make friends. They wanted to be generous and make, make friends, and so they baked little cakes. They baked these little cakes, and they took it to one neighbor on one side, and they took it to another neighbor on the other side, and they began to share kind words, and they were rebuffed. Their little cakes were thrown into the trash and thrown into the dirt. Harsh and angry words were, were spoken uh, to them. Um, they, these words of rejection and dismissal, and they were pushed out. And this couple, they were very kind of soft-spoken. They were unassuming. They weren't those kind of out-there people that proclaimed their word. They were just kind of quiet little folks. And so they went about their lives, and they shared their story and their little community that they would gather with. On Sunday mornings, they would get up, and they'd get their Bible, and they'd begin to walk to their little gathering, very much a minority in the, in the place where they lived. But each Sunday, their way would be blocked by those who were threatening and deriding them and putting them down. There would be men that would follow them in a very threatening way through their neighborhood. And uh, they would receive these insults and loud shouts of disdain and, and anger and, and frustration at them. And so they just continued to, to hear these taunts. But over time, as they continued to go to their little group and as they continued to be in the community, of course, people got tired. The tensions kind of dropped a little bit and, and the taunts began to fade away. And they continued to be neighborly. When the rainy season came, they offered their, helps to, their help to help people patch their roofs and to, to fix the, uh, the leaks during the heavy rainy seasons. And after four years, after four years of, of being in this community, they actually established a few friends. And neighbors would actually come by their house and, and actually have conversations and ask them about raising kids and about their marriage and things like that. And they would join together to do things in the community like sharing cards during holy days of both religions. And then there were days when the neighbors actually brought them a cake, brought them a gift. It's just one act at a time. It's a practice. How do we do it? How do we love better? How do we have this love of the kingdom and develop this kingdom kind of love? It's just one simple little act at a time. Pray for your enemies. Pray for your enemies. 
I remember reading a story about a mom who prayed for the young man in prison who killed her son. She prayed for him until her anger and her pain and her grief began to diminish. What a blessing, right? Pray for your enemies, and it begins to soothe the hate and the grievance and the pain and the anguish that can fill our hearts if we cling to it. Bless those who hurt you. When you begin to do good and to do blessings towards those who hurt you, it begins to form a power of forgiveness in our own lives. Give generously. Generosity is a, is a key. Have you ever heard of somebody who was stingy and very good at loving people? You know, they don't go together. You know, give generously. Generosity is a key component of love. And practicing generosity and giving generosity begins to build that capacity of love within us by giving and giving and giving and giving. Pray for your enemies. Bless those who hurt you. Give generously. And love begins to overflow. It takes practice. Not a checklist. Did this, did this, did this. Was nice to people and I'm good. That's not what it is. It's a practice. It is a lifestyle. A lifestyle of practicing prayer, practicing doing good, blessing other people, practicing generous giving until extravagant, unexpected, unbelievable love is produced in our hearts and in our church and in our community and in our world. Amen? Amen. Oh Lord, we dare to risk this prayer this day. Show us the next act of blessing, giving, that you would have us do for those who are so different and hurtful towards us. Show us the next thing, Lord, to practice doing in the name of your kingdom. Amen. And amen. Let us respond to God's word with our singing. Let's stand and sing. Yeah.
do good towards someone. Go now and, and give. Give with generosity till it changes your heart. Go now with the blessing and the assurance that Jesus believes and trusts that you are part of a kingdom of loving. Amen. Amen.